This is Evan Robb, and I am joined today with Laura Robb. This is the Robb Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here with you, Evan. And of course, it's my favorite topic. Yeah, you know, well, reading absolutely is your favorite topic, and it's fastly becoming one of my favorite topics, too. And I'm really excited that our new book, Schools Full of Readers, is out through Benchmark Publishing. And in that book, we talk about lots of elements that help make schools effective when they embrace a reading culture within their school. And today we're going to dive a little bit into some elements that are inside of that book. And today we're going to talk about some tips that we have to help create a culture of reading in your school. Right. But I want to say something, Evan, before we really start moving into it, that it really hinges on the principal because the principal has to be a reader who believes in reading and who believes that when children read wonderful books, that it improves their skill and expertise. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, you and I've talked about culture before and we, we define it very simply, which is culture is something that is talked about and repeated over and over again, day in and day out. So when it comes to reading, you know, supporting a reading program can't be something that's a one and done. It's not as simple as taking a day and reading to a class, or it's not as simple as buying some books for a classroom, but not coming back and, and continually looking at your budget to find more ways to bring books into your building. It's about making reading a priority, talking about reading, be a cha- being a champion of reading, and making that a focus of the school day in and day out. And today we're going to talk about some key things that exist in schools that have what you and I would call a culture of reading. Now, typically we begin with our with a story in our podcast. We're not really going to begin with one this time, but what we can say is pretty much everything that we're talking about, if someone quickly thinks of what the opposite would be, um, you get a pretty good understanding of what an ineffective school might look like. And sadly, um, that does exist in places across the country. And so the purpose of our book, uh, the reason that we're chatting today is just to help spread a message, to get people to think a little bit differently, to prioritize reading and make a commitment to building a culture of reading. Absolutely. And the first thing that needs to be in place is daily <coughs> teacher read-alouds. Now, they are a little bit longer, almost to the level of a mini lesson, um, which is 12 to 15 minutes in English language arts classes. But I want teachers to read aloud in science and math and sports in social studies. They can read a poem or an excerpt from a newspaper article or an article in the magazine. It could just be a few minutes, but it can give the child a couple of things background knowledge on a topic, maybe introduce some vocabulary through that short read aloud, but it also shows the value of listening to different kinds of texts and learning literary language. You know, and a read aloud also helps kids understand that reading is, the read aloud is not something that only occurs within an English class. It can occur in any class. Um, Simply teachers can find something to share with kids that relates to their content You're right, it's great for generating prior knowledge, but it's also good for kids to see adults all throughout the school reading, and in this case, reading out loud. And that's part of the, it's an element of having a culture of reading. And it develops a listening capacity. There are some children, when I start the year with reading aloud, they can barely concentrate. They're looking at the ceiling. They're looking at their watch. They're fiddling with their hands under their desk. Uh, they don't have listening capacity. And that's an important part of learning and reading. Now, 
We are going to go a little bit deeper into this topic and some of the others that we talk about, but there are a couple points in this podcast where I'm going to put in a couple clarifiers, and I want to put in right one right now, that the teacher read aloud is part of an effective language arts classroom, but it's not the only thing that happens. And so we don't want anyone to think that we are supporting the teacher simply reading a book out loud all day for the entire period, and then kids answer questions, and that's language arts. Right. Or, Evan, the teacher reading a book aloud because nobody else can read it. We are definitely not supporting that. We're talking about a short read aloud that connects in some way to instructional reading and something that the teacher loves and enjoys so that he or she transmits that positive feeling towards reading to all the children who are listening. Now, our next element for creating a culture of reading in your building is a purposeful and thoughtful instructional reading program. And this is a very broad topic, so we're going to just be very brief on it today. We'll go into it more in another podcast. But what this has to do with is making sure that students who are reading instructionally within a language arts classroom are reading books that they can actually read. That will require having multiple text sets within a classroom where a teacher can have a focus, let's say a focus on biographies or, or a focus on any particular genre. Kids are in books that meet their level and the teachers are focusing on instructional strategies that help make them and help them to become better readers. And the key word for me, two key words that you said, Evan, are differentiation and books. That instructional reading is reading wonderful books and organizing them around a genre. What I like teachers to think of is think of your instructional units as um, a kind of workshop libraries. So you have a biography library, a realistic fiction library with lots and lots of different books that uh, represent the range of instructional reading levels in your class so that all students can choose a book and they can talk about that book in relation to the genre or literary elements. And remember to clarify, instructional reading is not every student reading the same book. Right. Um, that's based off of a false presumption that all students can read it. And that simply does not happen. Right. And it also isn't assigning the reading to do at home. Instructional reading happens at school where the teacher can support children and observe what the kids are doing during that time. Now, the third type of reading that we believe helps a school become a culture of reading, um, but also helps students improve their reading is independent reading. Right. Independent reading is the practice that students need. And with independent reading, when you give students choice, they learn how to find a book that um, is a good fit for them. They, they learn how to concentrate for 30 minutes or more and develop stamina, the ability to focus on whatever they're working on. It comes from that independent reading. And when you are teaching instructional reading, the kids are trying out in independent reading, which um, they're reading easier books, that uh, they're trying out what they're learning in instruction and getting better and better at it. It's kind of like a sport, Evan. You practice soccer, football, volleyball, all of those sports to get better at skill, at passing, at uh, different moves. Same thing with reading. Yeah, and that, that is probably why I was not particularly good at soccer when I was in middle school. But that's another story. Right. <laughs> but anyway, what we will say about independent independent reading is that independent reading 
should not involve dioramas, uh, which are created after a book is read, or reading logs where kids are constantly summarizing everything that they've read. We'll go into this in more detail, but we would remind uh, anyone who's listening, and something we remind ourselves is that when we read a good book, we certainly don't create a summary every, every 20 pages that we read. You said something very important. Before you ask your students to do something, ask yourself, would I do it? Did I do it? If the answer is no, then don't have students do it. It's a matter of trust. And students who read maybe five to 10 books a week, they they can't do a project on every book. We have to be realistic and accept that they did read the book. The next element that is very important for creating a culture of reading in any school is class libraries. Now, as a school principal, this is something that I need to pay a lot of attention to with my budget. And I have spoken about this before. My budget has limitations, so I need to work on prioritizing. But if reading is a priority and creating a culture of reading is a priority, you can find a way to spend more money to support class libraries so teachers have lots of books in their classrooms for students to choose from. Absolutely. And the one thing I'd like to add is um, in addition to getting recommendations from your media specialist um, and <clears throat> just from reading about books in different journals, you need to ask your students the books, the authors, the series that they would like to see in the classroom and bring some of those in so it becomes our class library. That's really, really well said. The other element that's important for a culture of reading is having classrooms that are student-centered. And that should make a lot of sense right now because you know what we're talking about with our instructional reading goals, with our independent reading goals, is making sure that the instruction that is occurring for kids is is designed to meet their needs. Absolutely. We always teach the children in front of us, and they're different. When they come to us, they're all different, and they remain different, and they grow at different rates uh, throughout the year. We, When we say student-centered, we want students to have choices. We want you as a teacher to negotiate uh, deadlines, uh, what project they might be involved in. It's a shared experience, and it's not one person up in the front of the class dictating what everybody does. And I look forward to talking about this more in a future podcast, but this is so different than what many people, you know, I, I think you, and probably some people listening to this experience when we were in school, where you would walk into a sixth, seventh, or eighth grade language arts classroom, and everyone would be handed the exact same book. Everyone would read it. Everyone would take the exact same test. And uh, you would fall where you may, whether you were um, at the top of the class or at the bottom. Right. Well, everyone didn't read it, Evan, so that the kids at the bottom failed a lot of those tests and began to lose their self-confidence and their feeling that if they worked hard, they could get someplace. You can work as hard as possible, but if you can't read and understand the text that you're in, then it just is frustrating. The other element that that we that we believe is is a hallmark of a school full of readers is a library media center that is a dynamic, innovative, creative, inviting place um, for students, teachers, and parents and community members to come to. And so we're talking about a library that's a lot different than the type of libraries that many of us recall when we think of the libraries when we were in school. That requires uh, innovative leadership on the part of the librarian. It requires money on the part of the principal, but also working with the division if uh, furniture needs and, and larger you know, expenses come up. But think about the library as being the family room of your school. Absolutely. And 
it also means that the librarian and the teachers are going to work together. Um, that, you know, just because teachers have classroom libraries, it doesn't mean the kids aren't going to use this huge collection at, with uh, it in the, uh, in the media center. So uh, we want the librarian to, you know, advertise new acquisitions. Teachers should know about it. We want her to be involved with student projects and uh, I know your librarian has worked with students who struggle with reading <clears throat> and given them extra support and found books for them that they truly enjoy. Uh, it becomes um, a collaboration when you have a school full of readers and the principal like you in charge where you're encouraging people to communicate, to collaborate, to work together and for the sole benefit of helping every child move forward and become a better reader, thinker, and problem solver. We hope you like some of the tips that we've shared today. Remember, as you think about these tips, think about these and apply them to your school. You know, Some of these your school may be doing well, some of them may be a little bit behind. Um, it's an opportunity for conversation, an opportunity for reflection, and hopefully an opportunity for change. Laura and I are going to go deeper into several of these or all of these over the next few podcasts over the next several months. If you are interested in one particular element a little more than another, please send us a DM. You can DM Laura on Twitter at LRobTeacher, and you can DM me at ERobPrincipal. If there's something that's like, you're like, hey, you know, I'd really like you guys to go really deeper into this, we'll certainly consider that and see if we can take a deeper dive to, um, to share some ideas. Absolutely. And don't forget, um, I are... If you want a guide through this process, Schools Full of Readers, we wrote it to be a guide to inspire you to tap into all the things you know and bring a fresh look, a fresh outlook on some of the areas that you need to adjust. Laura, I'd like to thank you for spending some time with me this afternoon as we did this podcast. It's a little bit longer than some of our other podcasts, but it's an important podcast because we're laying the groundwork for a lot of deeper discussion uh, that we'll be getting into as we work to hopefully inspire others to help your school become a school full of readers. So thank you, Laura. Oh, it's a pleasure.